May 22, 2023, it's a Waffle Pedro show.
Pedro Show. Happy Monday. Start off the show with John Coltrane. Uh, this is one of the earliest rec- uh, recordings of John Cor- Coltrane Quartet, 1960. Uh, incomplete version of Exotica. McCoy Tyner, Jimmy Garrison, Alvin Jones, classic quartet. Then Small Life Form, Nickel. And because uh, of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with me, Sanford, North Carolina. Brian John Mitchell, welcome aboard. Thank you, sir. Absolute. Scotty Irvin, big reason for the connect. Thank you so much, Brother Scotty. Indeed. So, Brian, let's get going on your exploration of your musical journey. Please bring your earliest musical recollection, if you could. Um, So, uh, I remember probably being two or three and uh, having the Jungle Book soundtrack on a 12-inch vinyl and uh, listening to that on the parent stereo. Um, And then I also, around the same era, there was this, uh, like, a kids ghost song seven inch that my family had and uh, uh you might know this one it's the have you seen the ghost of john longton bones <laughs> with the flesh all gone and yep. uh, that thing's still creepy even just singing it just oh now yeah me. big time big time so in this pad you grew up was there musical instruments um there were a few a few instruments that weren't played um my sister had an upright reed organ that I've never really seen something like that um, since since we threw it away when I was a kid. That it was like you know like I don't know maybe like two and a half feet wide and I don't think it I don't think it had notes I don't think it had pedals on the on the bottom I think it just had like you know the little section with the chords and then you know like two and a half octaves um, but I don't even think it was plugged in ever to my knowledge and then uh, my mom had an auto harp. Um, for some reason, and uh, her and my brother both had, uh, like, they shared this real crap acoustic guitar, and then uh, later on, uh, both of my brothers uh, got electric guitars, because it's like, you know, part of being, like, a suburban white dude, you're required to have a guitar. Well, did you jump on any of those instruments? Not not, uh, not when I was a kid. Um, I did uh, acquire those later on, and, like, the Auto harp is is an interesting beast. If you ain't never right, you, put, you got it. a button for every chord. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, let yeah, me like, ask I you this. Really... Let me ask you this. At school, were you in the marching oh. band or the choir, or shit like that? No, no, no. But I did. Uh, I was raised raised Catholic, so we uh, we went to church, you know, every Sunday. And I do think uh, singing all those hymns, uh, you know, it permeates into your into oh, your yeah. musical DNA. I also think the voice is a musical instrument. Uh, let oh, me yeah. ask you this. First record you bought with your own money, Brian? I think it may have been uh, ACDC, If You Want Blood, You Got It. Um, and, that I got it at a flea market. And the first gig you saw? The the first gig I saw that it was like, you know, not like, you know, like you, you'll sometimes go to vacation. There's the covers band at the hotel. I mean, I'm sure I was exposed to that a couple times. But um, uh, I went to see... Billy Squire, I think, when I was like 13. Um, Squire? This is way after he was washed out or whatever. Like This was like 1988 or something. So uh, it was at a pretty small club. But it, So that was kind of cool, actually, like, you know, seeing somebody that you think of as playing stadiums, but they're playing this venue that only fits 500 people or something. Yeah, but a club, I didn't get to go to clubs till movement. I didn't know. I only knew Arena Rock, so that's <laughs> kind of neat getting to see a club gig first. Uh let me ask you this, not 
mm-hmm. when school graduate, but school in the afternoon when it lets out, did you get in the garage band, basement band, bedroom band thing? Um, I did when I was, uh, I was uh, my first band or whatever, I guess was uh, the summer between junior, junior and senior year in high school. Me and uh, a couple of my friends tried to do some stuff, and uh, I still use that band name, which is Vlor, V-L-O-R. And it was named after I wore velour shirts a lot, and it was like a joke at me, uh, naming the band that. And what'd you play? Uh, I just sang at that time, and then it was like... So you used your voice. Uh, okay, okay. Like yeah, I said, yeah, I, I consider it a musical out. instrument, so there's no there's no shame in that. That's fucking bitching. No, no, no. Eventually what happened with that band was it was like getting people to show up, you know, it's hard. It's, I mean, it's, it's still hard. <laughs> I know a little adult, bit of, like, I know a little bit about that. What, what about the material? Yeah. What were you guys, were you copying songs off records or were you writing your own stuff? <sighs> no, we were, we were writing our own stuff. Um, but it, it was very, uh, you know, so this was like 1992 and it was very influenced by the stuff that was kind of like the, edgy popular stuff like you know like you know the cure or something like that the cure sisters of mercy god flesh which i guess those three are kind of different from each other but you know like but we didn't have have pedals or anything so it didn't really sound anything like any of those bands now you know, did you write the music like guitar did you bring the music since you were the singer man did you bring the music or did you bring the words or did you bring both oh yeah, we I brought both and like because like so many people didn't show up, I ended up playing guitar some in that and uh there was like a keyboard laying around so sometimes I would play the keyboard in that. But Not, I mean like it never really coalesced into anything in that incarnation of the band. Yeah, but, um, uh, but Brian Brian, you didn't tell me about getting on those oh, instruments. How that happened? They were just physically there. Oh, you it mean was up like, to uh, that point up to that point you had never played guitar or keyboard. Oh, actually I so a few years prior to that, uh, I'd wanted to, like, I had some, you know, like I say, the thing where, where like white, white, white suburban guys, they're given guitars, uh, by their oh, parents those were your whatever. brothers, right? But it, it happened to you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both of my brothers, it happened to, and then it happened to me. Um, and then, uh, they gave me, they, they paid my sister's boyfriend to give me lessons for a couple months and it just... I don't know if it was him at fault or me at fault or, or just like, you know, like just not gelling as far as like what he thought I would, I wanted to do as a musician. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, he wanted, he wanted me to do, do, uh, you know, like try and do Jimi Hendrix covers or whatever, which if you ain't never picked up a guitar before, that's really probably not the right place to start, you know? (laughs) Um, Well, you could try. (laughs) Uh, yeah like yeah so that was just like and you know like everybody else you know that first guitar yeah they always put a whammy bar on it so that it'll never stay in tune Tune, right so and and i'm curious too why didn't you fucking brothers volunteer to teach you oh uh it might be the same reason why i know family members don't like to teach other family members how to drive manual stick shift no, nah, no, nah, it, it was just, they were a lot older than me. Uh-huh. Um, so my one brother's like six years older and the other's eight years older. Uh-huh. So by the, 
by the time I got my guitar when I was like 14 or whatever, you know, they were they were both gone. He's like, fuck this um, little kid shit. Oh, they're out of the house. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were like, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, Moving on. Okay, look, you gave me yeah. some, uh, let's play with some more small life form. We'll find out what that's about okay. later down the road. Horns.
Off for Pedro show that Chuck music start off a small life form doing horns. Then Pelican Man is me and Petra Hayden with our opera we uh, composed behind Charlie Plymel's libretto, Planet Chernobyl. This is part thirteen of fifteen uh, just came out. OCs brand new. They got this song, Intercepted Message. John, pretty incredible cat. Arabia Sadata. Venezuela, their new album, all the songs are named after countries in South America. Doug Wimbish, great bass man, pass it around from his solo album. Jason Cutthroat, something he told me, he sent me this email, hey Mike, I got a Casio keyboard, so he's not playing the slide guitar. 99 Letters with Shishi Mai, and finally, Small Life Form, and I guess... Only an excerpt. We didn't get the whole enchilada, people. Brian wanted to give us an excerpt of Voice in the Sky. It was probably a long piece, right? Yeah, it's like a 45-minute piece, so an excerpt seemed to make sense. I've played pieces that long on the shelf. That's one good thing about it being three hours. Let let me ask you this. You said um, Mm -hmm. you were making your own material for this band, uh, Vlor, right? Named after the yeah. Fuck, you know what? Shirts. We ain't gonna fucking play the Vlor until next hour. I didn't know the timeline, so yeah, the small life form came first. But we'll, people, next hour we'll hear some Vlor. But do you remember the fl- first Vlor gig? Um. So we like played in somebody's basement, and then uh, and then I went to college. And no, no. First, tell me about that gig, because you only have your first gig oh. once. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was in this girl's basement. There were like a dozen people there. Um, yeah. Was it a success? Would you call it a success? No. Not, okay. I mean, not by, not my, not by my standards today. Um, but, no, no, I mean, okay. I guess it was a success at that time in life, you know? Yeah, just getting up there and doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, and let me t- uh, somebody clapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what about the material? Like these are the first songs you ever wrote, right? Um. So yeah, like uh, most of the most of the songs were by the guitar player. Ah. Um, okay. His name's Russell Hallis. Um. And uh, so. You know, it was only like you know, like we only had like five songs or something. That's all you right. Know, you got to start that, somewhere. Nobody d- pulls Ollie's yeah. first time on a skateboard. <laughs> well, they, yeah, maybe they might try, but they're going to go down and go down hard, but get back up. Yeah. So you, you, he's writing the music and the words, or did you supply words to his music? Um. So, gosh, this is so long ago. Um. I know. I, I'm just curious about this, you know, because yeah. I think people yeah. hearing about so, other cats getting started. Maybe they won't be afraid, and they'll start getting... See, the oh, whole idea yeah. of the Watford yeah. Pedro show is to get people fucking all crazy about music. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, so that's so what I'm happened to me to, like, and Dee so, Boone, and so I'm just trying to pass on that condition. <laughs> I think if I remember the set, there were, like, two songs that he wrote, um, two songs that I wrote the words and melody for the vocal part, and then... And then we uh, covered a uh, Bauhaus song. Um, we covered a, uh, oh gosh. You like the guys dressed Karen. in black, the Cure Bauhaus. 
Sisters of Mercy. Yeah, right. I, I remember that. Yeah, that was our thing. Let, let, let yeah, me ask you this. For sure. Can you remember the first mm-hmm. fucking Vlar song you wrote? Um, Let me think of what the words were. Or the title. Uh, oh, there was... Oh, there was one that it was, there was one that it was like super, it, it may not have been the first one, but it may have been the first one. And it was about, do you know who Wedge Antilles is in Star Wars? No. Exactly. He's in all, he's in all three of the original movies, but yeah. he's like, he somehow never got an action figure until like, you know, he got an action figure like 15 years ago now, but like, you know, like in the, you know, those early seventies late 70s early 80s when when we were getting the figures he was like the only only main character that didn't get one you know they'd show an alien for like five seconds and he wouldn't be there and he would get a figure but this guy that's in all three movies he never got celebrated so we we wrote a song you wrote about a that song all, the for other, all right <laughs> yeah. all, i, I gotta tell you something in, so now you gotta count on this guy that didn't get an action figure the connect i got with star wars me and d boone saw the first one by accident at, mm-hmm. at, at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, all totally by accident. D. Boone had real bad eyes. Uh, there was no uh, hype or anything around it. Just come out, and we were up there. I had to give my uncle a ride from the airport, and so uh, we sat because D. Boone's bad eyes. We had to sit in the front row, and all them words came up at the beginning. <laughs> I remember that, but it seemed like a kind of science fiction cowboy movie. That's what we thought. Yeah, that's what we thought. But yeah, okay. So you gave I think credit. It's a totally different experience based on what age you are when when that came out. You know, because I'm a few years younger than you. So I'm. I saw it. You know, like when I like when I was three, my parents took me to the theater to see it when it first came out. You know, because the, all the rest of the kids are a lot older than me, so they all wanted to see it. And so, like, it's like a built-in thing. And then, like, when I resaw it as an adult, it was like. Uh, this is not the thing that I thought it was because I remember it like being like edgy and dark and weird and it's and it's just a family movie. Yeah, but, um, I never saw any of the others. I didn't like it. But uh, I, I the, show, the show's about to get the, the to show's about your journey through music, so I don't want to get distracted like that. No, so yeah, yeah, so yeah. so Vlor, how long does Vlor go? So Vlor still exists, but it has totally transformed itself. So the original incarnation of Vlor is like maybe like on and off for about a year, and then uh, and then the next incarnation is a couple years later. Me and Russell Hallis um, got together, and we did it as um, just me and him on acoustic guitars and we recorded it in a racquetball court at an apartment complex. And so it like sounds all like washed out shoegazy just cause there's so much reverb in that, um, in that, uh, room, you know, but it was kind of, un- it was kind of unplugged. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's unplugged, but people don't, people like don't like people were, when we released that as a cassette and people were listening to it, they're like, Oh man, what kind of pedals are you using? I'm like, there ain't no pedals, man. That's like that's a twelve string guitar and a six string guitar. At a roller rink. A, <laughs> like at a right bowling with, alley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we're jumping ahead a little though, right? Because yeah. uh, now, between like Vlor, you says goes through different carnations. Still, in fact, it's still in effect, right? 
So it kind of settles yeah. down. And uh, when you get out of school, do you mm-hmm. pursue music in higher education? No. Okay. I didn't. I didn't feel confident at all in my ability as a musician, and uh, so I. I didn't. Um, I didn't pursue it in school. I wish I had and to some degree. I did pursue uh, doing the radio thing yeah. and uh, being a DJ. And yeah. you know that naturally, when you go into that, you find out a little bit about engineering. Sure. And I do think that helped. Uh, Helped get me confident enough to buy a four track um, and start you doing know, your own recording. And also, you're probably hearing a lot of different kinds of music's working at a station. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was also a, a band that started uh, that I started in between incarnations of Lore called Mike Glass Beside Yours, and that was it. Started out that it was uh, all basically all covers, and it was me singing and. Uh, this friend of mine, she was playing viola, and then, uh, and then the incarnation where we were, um, where we were writing original material, she was on viola, and I was on auto harp, and uh, there's the later auto-harp. reed organ, and there's the because organ. I'd learned <laughs> all the yeah, stuff from the pad when then, you were uh, young, right? Yeah. And now it was a different one that I found at a thrift store. Well, for I mean the same kind. The same, I mean, I'm not saying the exact same. Yeah, yeah, same kind. Yeah, same kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, that we, we, band we played. Did the same we played. Thing I learned. We played three tunes. Small life form. Where does that fit in the yeah. timeline? Is that way later? Because uh, I didn't know. So I no, just no, no. It um so it fits in like all these things. Like it's like. I need to I need to write the timeline down at some point because I got so many <laughs> so many things going on at the same time. Sure. Um, so the what happened with Small Life Form was, uh, you know, like I was doing music and stuff, you know, like kind of serious in a way. My band, my solo project, Remora, had had started and everything when I started Small Life Form. Remora. And, uh, I'm, we're going to play Ramora yeah. in the third hour. See, I didn't know the timeline. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I should have I given you more info. But, I, I uh, yeah, up. Like, uh, you know what I did? So, you know what I think I did? Brian, I think what I did was I went by the lengths of the songs. <laughs> I think that's how I found And plus, I grouped them together. Uh, so I put Vlor by each other, Small Life Form by each other, also uh, uh, Ramora by each other. People, Ramora. That's the symbiotic, the little fish that cleans the teeth uh, for the sharks. Yeah, yeah, it's that's right. not parasite. It's very, very sync. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Look, yeah, we're at I, the end of the I, first hour. We're going to have to continue with uh, your journey. Uh, this is May twenty two, twenty twenty three. Dish Wap Pedro Show special guest Brian John Mitchell. Hold tight for hour two. May twenty two, twenty twenty three. It's the second hour. Watt from Pedro Show.
Matt for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. Vlor, people, here's the band. This is what Brian started playing with. And it's an ongoing concern. It uh, evolves yeah. with time and stuff. And your buddy uh, still with you on the guitar? Uh, no, he okay. isn't. So the, um, you know, we, we uh, grew apart over the years. And uh, what the way Vlor came back around is, uh, so I run my own record label and I was remastering the, some of the older releases that had only been cassette to be able to be available in the digital era. And so I was like, oh, man, these, this Vlor stuff is a lot better than I remembered. And so I just asked a bunch of friends um, to, like, I was like, hey, I'm going to write some guitar parts in this style, and I'm going to send them to you, and you guys, like, you add whatever you want, and then I'll mix everything together, and nobody's heard anything that anybody else did until I mix everything together. Whoa. And like that piece wires that you played, like yeah. the reason it's called that is I had a guitar that it doesn't have guitar strings in it. I just, uh, I just, uh, took pieces of wire and put it on there. And so it's like constantly going out of tune. Cause you know, it's not like strong enough steel or whatever, right, but it like right. gets it's a weird, interesting tone. Probably stretches. Yeah. Cause wires usually yeah. made out of copper. And most of them, guitar yeah. strings are either made out of nickel or steel. Some acoustics made out of brass. Yeah, we heard wires from Vlor, and then after that, Bombas Prendon with I'll pack a suitcase. Uh, get it? You take the K out of punk rock, and you got pun rock, people. <laughs> Have a nice life. This is They put an album of all these demos they made, and this is tra tra Trespassers W, sorry. And then finally, Vlor, Watch Me Bleed. There was a great germ song called We Must Bleed. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, you know, at the uh, GI, right? That song is so yeah. intense. I always I always think of Kurt, you know, from Nirvana, because he, he loved germs, and that song is so intense, especially the, at the end, I Want Out Now. Don Bowles playing so intense drums. So did you did you see them when they were together? Many many times, and especially they were really good when they were practicing for that album, GI. Yeah, I mean, I know that they were in Southern California a lot, but it seems like people no, that's that were in they Southern were California, very few people got a chance to see them. You know? No, they they were from they were from there. <coughs> I think Lorna was from the Valley, Darby from West Side or something. But you know, in those days, seventies punk. Like, I think only the Dills had a van. You know, these guys didn't think about <laughs> torn and shit, so you had to live. And, and and really, maybe some of the New York City bands like uh, Ramones or Johnny Thunders. Not even Richard Hell came up. I didn't get to see him until the early 80s. You know, a lot of people didn't yeah. tour in them days. Torn kind of was in the punk um, zone. I would say Black Flag. They were the guys that really, and that's where I learned most of it. So I saw the Germans yeah. a bunch, but that's because I was lucky to live in SoCal, you know. Great band. Yeah. And a lot of people in that scene, the Bags, X, Dills, Alley Cats. There was a lot of Nervous Gender. Uh, the Screamers, first band that could sell out the whiskey. I'm going to play the whiskey tomorrow. With the, Oh, really? Yeah, some, a couple songs and some... Uh, I've done this before. They uh, There and some bowling alley on Hollywood Boulevard and... Uh, yeah, down the street from me, Robin's chest. They kind of asked me to play a couple songs with them and stuff. So uh, I remember Minutemen couldn't play the whiskey because we were violent SST band. And you know who gets us in there? Fear. <laughs> so funny, the old days. Anyway, uh, so 
yeah, the the the, the re getting back of lore kind of uh yeah. because now you're informed by you making your own recordings, being a DJ. Yeah, you you uh, you you've branched out musically. Yeah. By this yeah. point. Yeah. And okay, I'm we gonna play. We're talking about uh, where small how small life form fit in yeah. to this uh, scenario too, and so I've been doing the Remora thing, and uh, and like a, a friend of my dad's was like, "Oh, you do music? You must do it on the computer or whatever," because my dad's like a, a computer guy, and I was like. I have never thought about doing music on the computer, but I like, I was like, what would I even do if I did music on the computer? And so I like, uh, you know, this is like 1998 or whatever. So the power of computers is not what it is today. And, uh, so I would just, I would take, uh, just like record, uh, sounds and then just like slow them down, like from, from like a five second long thing to like a five minute thing. And it would turn into this big ambient structure. Yeah. And so that was the impetus for that sound. And like at the time I was listening to a lot of like Yorga Ligeti and uh, George Crumb, you know, oh, the yeah. guys that were experimenting in a similar manner back in the sixties. Yeah. Um, but I think so they were that, using, uh, cause there was no synthesizers yet. So they're using tape and oscillators yeah. and shit like uh, yeah. You gave me this yeah. music, uh, the the under masks. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I want to so, play that. Let me play that right now, and we'll, then we could talk okay. about it. I see you up there on the hill. 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 I see you up there on the hill.
show started that chunk of music off with the undermass doing i see you up there on the hill and erica don lyle transrefugia maybe torn with bikini kill uh alex cunningham and claire rousset with social capital where i grew up 
Ray Shin out of Reno with Sandworm Smile. And finally, this was other music you gave me, Brian. Post-punk sellouts. The post-punk sellouts. With Harlequin (laughs) Novel. Now, people, Harlequin Novel, these... If there was a book form of like a daytime soap opera, that's what a fucking Harlequin novel. So, yeah. so enlighten us, Brian. First to uh, Undermass and then post-punk sellouts. All right. So the original incarnation of the Undermasks was uh, I was a big Swans fan, and Michael they had Gira. broken up. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's that? Michael Gira. He's from up the hill here, Palos Verdes, originally. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so the original ver- ver- version of that band, like, we didn't do shows or anything. We, like, practiced twice or something, you know. Um, and it just, like, it didn't it didn't work out. Um, but, like, it was me basically trying to do something that sounded like the elements of Swans that I was into since there wasn't going to be new material available. You know, this was when they broke up, you know. And uh, then... Uh, once again, the thing with uh, remastering some old material um, for the digital era came up, and I was like, "I was like, shit, this band. I should have done more with it." So I uh, re-envisioned the band, and uh, like the original lineup was um, two basses, one guitar, and drums, and then the new lineup was uh, three guitars, neon vocals. And then me and one of the other guitarists also played uh, floor toms um, to uh, to get like you know some percussion going. And tribal. then the idea for the vocals was the vocals would always be like a loop, and that 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 is kind of the glue, and we're just kind of jamming and riffing with the vocals going. And like this particular one, the vocal is even like a reference to. Uh, I think it's actually a Michael Giraud solo piece, but it might be a swan song. It's hard to remember. Whoa, okay, like a chant, mantra kind of thing. What about post-punk sellouts? Uh, So uh, that's like a a super group, for lack of a better term. Um, So it's Chad S.B., who I I don't know if you you might know him. He's currently in Controlled Bleeding. Um, But uh, he's on the keyboards brian mckenzie from electric bird noise formerly from something about vampires and sluts and um i think his band dead cut tree in the 90s had a bit of a following um, i remember and then it, you should you should we'll get you in touch with him at some point i'm sure um but it's like uh it's so the the idea was just like for all of us who are doing like this weird esoteric music to try to do something that would be like passable as a pop song or something. And uh, that's why it's something merch, which is like, if you're in the supermarket by the cash registers, people, that's where the Harlequin novels are right right by the fucking national (laughs) Enquirer. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, May 22, 2023 edition. Pedro show special guest, Brian, John Mitchell, hold tight for hour three. May 22nd, 2023, <laughs> it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Do 
Lot for Pedro Show start off the third hour with an exclusive people. Brother Brian has blessed me with the fucking debut, I guess, to the rest of the world's ears. Who is with you now from Muscle Mass? Then uh, brand new from Dan Jones and the Squids. Out of Kansas City, Missouri, where there's lots of squids, right? <laughs> the Missouri River. Uh, Pengo after that. Oh, yeah, my remotes. Uh, Pengo after that. Telephone from the tomb. Emergency room. Brian Edder, drummer man. Incredible. One. You know who's got a solo album on drums? Dave Lombardo. I played a couple weeks ago one of the tunes from there. Incredible drummer man, Dave Lombardo. Paul Swess duo. Out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, Phil Venerable on stand-up bass. Damn thing. Same name as Rocky Erickson, so Phil Venable, Paul Swest duo. It's a damn thing, but yeah, it's different. You can't copyright a title, people. Finally, Remora. Now we're under Remora. My brother's guns and knives. <laughs> Intriguing title. When do titles come uh, up, Brian, when you're composing? You know, like, I... I don't really try and force things. I'll, I'm like one of those people that it's just like I walk around and something falls out of me and then, uh, and then I work on it afterwards. So it just like kind of comes out of the ether. I don't really, I don't really try and explain or understand the source. I admit that it's like, you know, the gift from the universe or what have you. Um, but uh, in the order, it's usually last. Uh, no, I would say like, uh, Oh, good, because I have to start with the title, or I can't fucking write a song. I need something to give me focus. Oh, I don't need... Oh, 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 oh. Well, if it has vocals, usually it starts with the vocals, and then I have to try and find the music. But if it's a, if it's an instrumental, then I'm like, I'll just record the thing and then try and figure it out, figure it out afterwards. Okay. Um, Why which don't you sometimes this? with the instrumentals, I'm like, I should just... Re- just just release it without a name, but then it's like it does get weird when somebody is like, "Oh, I love that piece number seven hundred twenty-four A." Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to say the old timey uh, composers, right? The third concerto and shit like that. Uh, yeah, opus, you know, not just one opus, but two opus, magnum opus. Enlighten uh, us to this muscle mass's debut. Okay, so. Uh... Originally, my 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 the original vision for Muscle Mass is from like 2008, and I wanted to do like a a boys dance band featuring noise musicians as the uh, as the guys that would do the dance moves and everything. Um, and I got some guys that agreed to do it, but it never uh, it never came to fruition. But I uh, I still had an interest in doing something that had more of that dance music element, and I. Uh, my current day job, I have like mandatory uh, breaks, you know, and so I'm like, well, I've got a two 15 minutes and a 30 minute break. I need a, I, I'm not gonna just waste that time. So I like uh, found some some apps I could use to make uh, to make some beats and stuff, and and you know, do the stuff on my phone, and so. Uh, I've been reinvigorated with uh, doing that, doing the dance music in that way. And early on, like in the '90s, when the Groovebox and the MPC came out, I played with those a little bit. But it, like at that time, I like 
it felt like every, like everything sounded good, but it all sounded the same. And yeah. I just couldn't make it work for me. Yeah. But now that I'm an old man, it being that easy, it feels a little a little nice. So you're using like virtual mu- uh, instruments? Yeah, it's all yeah, it's all on the phone. Yeah, I had a cat named Barry. He did a whole album on his leash using the you know because uh, the iPhone leash comes with GarageBand. He did the whole album. With no instruments. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trip. It's and beautiful. you wouldn't know it. You know what I mean? It's like it sounds it's sounds good in a well, way. Well, yeah, well, they're samples, right? And samples, in a way, is like little yeah. tape recorders. Now, now yeah. um, what about this Remora tune? Was that uh, your brother's so fucking, this... your real brother's guns and knives? Nah, so I had <laughs> this, uh, like, I'm into sci-fi and shit, and I had this, uh, this dream about, like, that, uh, that they were like I was a, a rebel against the aliens that I had invaded, and like I I escaped where they had trapped me, and I went to my brother's house, and he's like, "Dude, I can't, I can't, I can't help you out too much because I got a family, and I can't risk the aliens killing my family." So he just gave me a shit ton of guns and knives, and I went out <laughs> to fight the aliens. And okay. so that's that's what it's about. Okay, let's listen. <laughs>
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Chunky Music started off with Ramara doing Nevada Smith. A little calmer. Until you drink enough of those. Nevada Smith writes a beer, I think. Uh, Tripe Soup after that with May 19th, 2017, 02. It's probably the second piece they did. This is from uh, Quebec. Chris Burns turned me on to this, uh, yeah, orchestra music. And uh, finally... Live from Mora, people. This is the one I've been waiting for. Do you remember we, this gig that it's from? Um, so we, uh, what we did was we recorded, um, like our, we recorded the band practice before, uh, before a string of shows. Um, that uh, Brian McKenzie was the drummer for that, um, and he has a recording studio in in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So yeah. me and him and Peter Aldrich, we just like, all right, we're gonna record our practice. And like we just went went through the set a couple of songs we did two times. Oh, um, so, it, so. Was, it was live in front of the mics. That's the way Minutemen used yeah. to do albums because there's a lot more Econo, right? You, you treat them like yeah. This. I I wish more bands did it that way. Like I feel like it's sure. it sounds more immediate. Sure. And and so what what's up with music with you right now at the moment? Do you got any floor pa- uh-huh. planned? Any floor? Yeah, there's Blur planned, there's uh, Post-Punk Sellout planned, there's Muscle Mass planned, um, and there's Small Life Form planned. Uh, wow, okay, so but, they're all going ongoing yeah. concerts. Do you have a website? Yeah, um, I don't really update it as much as I should, but I have a website for the label, silvermedia.com, but um, okay. the, you can go, from that you can get to the band camp, and that's where most most of the music can be found. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm trying to mimic you, I'm trying to start a podcast, it's called You Or Why I Do This, and it's going to be me just having conversations with people who inspired me not to give up working on music and art. Whoa. Now, I've never used that P word in 22 years for doing the show, but the idea of talking to people about being creative, I think it's a good thing. Because it's all about yeah. people, I think. Yeah, and the connects. Like through yeah. through, yeah. through a Brother Scotty, I met you, you know. Uh, uh, the Minuteman, we became SST002 because, right, we met the Black Flag guys. Our first big tour was in the boat with them, you know. It was always about people being with people. Yeah, yeah. And people forget that. And and it's like, it's hard to uh, say thank you to people in a way. And it's like, I've, I want to have it on record you know, that it's like that I, that like, you know, and it's, and like my, my goal with it is to have interesting conversations and treat as equal the, the people that, have, that I, that have really helped me out. The ones that are known and the ones that are unknown, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, you know, like I'm sure like you have a brother or a cousin that nobody's heard their music ever, but that they were like a huge influence to Mike Watt. Yeah, absolute. Or like you were talking about that character, they never had a, Action figure, but he was involved. Yeah. <laughs> but he was involved, and so yeah. and and I know that because you directed my attention that way. See, and that's how we learn shit, yeah. right? We all turn each other on to little stuffs that we all are lacking because we all don't know everything. So we all help each other out, try to fill in those gaps. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, really I would curious. Really appreciate how much you play Coltrane, man, because uh, it's Coltrane has always been intimidating to me because there's so much so much material to try to sift through. And I'm like, oh, if I just listen to to you, then I, I know I'm getting the good stuff. <laughs> I just finished my 10th bio on him. But uh, he said, you know, musicians are after some kind of truth. So I think if you keep it that fundamental and simple, I think you'll get his message. Uh, but I'm curious about these uh, 
the development of your musical projects here. So when you get done with those, will you come back on the show? We can play them and talk about it. Of course. I would love to. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Please keep on keeping on brother Brian. Uh, uh, We forgot to talk about a QRD at all. And I wanted to ask you if you want to take place in that bass player interview series. Oh, yeah. Your magazines or your PF. (laughs) Yeah. PFD of magazines. They're, they're quite, yeah. A lot of people you spieled with. I love that. A little, yeah. little texture. Right. So you bring it, and we'll, we'll, through Skype here, we can do it. Oh, you want, well, usually I just have people type it, but yeah, I can, I, we can do it over Skype and then yeah, I can. Yeah, because uh, you can record it, and then you can uh, change your questions by, by the way the discussion's going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll figure out a schedule to make it happen. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to be part. Thanks you so much. People, it's been the May 22, 2023 edition of Pino Show. Keep your powder dry.